Hey, Nelson. Hi, Tim. How's it going? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A couple of months. Well, we did record one episode that we, <laughs> uh, I got too busy to edit and release. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that as a, a one from the vault. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, 2023. I know. Closing it out. Starting 2024. Good riddance. <laughs> Good riddance. Indeed. You know, that last, the last half of 2023 was just incredibly busy. My head just spinning. You know, like so many good intentions for what we were going to do in 2023. I know. I know. And then then next thing you know, it's like, hey, we have all these plans and then we just can't hit the execute button because life gets in the way, you know? And, And, you know. And the next thing you know, it's 2024. I know. So you get mono, you, uh, Kids sick, sick. We're sick. Yeah, I know. Kids going break. I know. That's it's crazy. You got yeah. driving them around and stuff like that. So we're back. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, we're we're back with a vengeance, and we got a lot of Is this year three. Are uh, we in season uh, three? Well, we started at the end of twenty one, and we did all of twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. Okay. So this is our fourth calendar year. But However, we've like third season. Yeah, so we've been officially into three years. This is our th- starting our third year. Man, that's of- crazy. I know, right? 75th episode. Yeah. Any of our tens of listeners still sticking with us, man. We love you. We love you. You guys are amazing. It, so I, You can't see this, but I'm giving you a hug through the mic. Yeah, he is indeed. So he almost caught me in on that and pulled me, pulled me up to the mic. So, but Hey, we're excited to be back and, uh, let's get this bad boy started. Yeah. Cue that epic music. This is the final take. I'm Nelson. And with me is Tim. The only thing we love more than movies and TV is talking about them. So if you love what you hear, like it, rate it, and share it. I got to tell you a story really quick before we get started. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, so I went to go see Aquaman. Oh, you did? Yeah. I I missed it. You missed it. <laughs> so I did go see I did go see Aquaman yeah. and uh, a friend of mine um, who also co-hosted uh, while you were on your paternity leave, Joseph oh, Benish. Yeah. Uh, anybody uh, should go back and check that episode out. Back in 22. Back in 22. That's right. And um, Joseph uh, turns to me. We see two trailers. First one is uh, the new Planet of the Apes film. Yeah. And he turns to me and says, he's like, oh, man, I can't wait for that. And I'm like, I haven't seen any of the movies. (laughs) But he's like, what? They're supposed to be really good. Like they're really good. So um, I'm like, okay. I too have not seen them. Oh, okay. I think I saw the I'm first one. I saw the first one. Okay. With um, James Franco. James Franco. Yeah, yeah. So. And then I haven't watched any one since. I don't know how many there have been since that first I think one. This is like the fourth one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not idea. sure. Yeah. I've... So, but uh, then the next one comes on for the new uh, Mad Max spinoff. Uh, what's it Furiosa? called? Furiosa. Oh, man. And he turns to me and says, you know, I got to tell you, I loved uh, um, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm uh, The jury's out on this one. And I was like, I got to tell you, 
I didn't see Furua. I can't believe that. I know. Uh, you know, it, it's I have to pick and choose, man. I gotta, I gotta pick and choose. You know, it's one you pick though. Well, Mad yeah. Max was so good. The one Fury Road was so good. Yeah, I'll have to put it on my list and check it out. I was actually just about to search if it's streaming anywhere. The character so of Furiosa was so impactful. They made a spinoff. Really? Without Char- Charlize Theron. Oh, is that still? Is that um, is that the character? Yeah, yeah. So it's the character that's played by Charlize Theron in Oh Fury Road. Okay, but it's a prequel with Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. Oh, a prequel I mean, again. Yeah, so, like, you can't go wrong with the casting. Would have been nice to see to them get, continue. Yeah. Like a continual, like if they would have done like maybe Anya Taylor Joy in flashback or something. Yeah. But uh, right, I get it's okay. It's okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Charlize is, uh, uh, I think she's making her uh, action films on Netflix. Um, so, uh, what was that one she did where she just go, went around killing people? It was like her version of, uh, uh, um, well, there's two of them. There's atomic blonde, not atomic blonde. And then the other one was where they're like immortal. Yes. Like, Oh, it, the old guard, the old guard. Yeah. So yeah. she's making, she's, I think she's probably out making part two. And I'm, I gotta say there's no boundaries as far as gender goes, when it comes to action films and Charlize Theron, uh, she proves that. And I am excited for her sequel to the old guard. So very excited. So, but Hey, today, yeah, we're going to talk about the latest Zack Snyder opus. Speaking of Netflix, speaking of Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, rebel. Quite quite the segue there. (laughs) There you go. I, I did. That was not planned. I did not plan that at all. You don't say. Right off the hip. Right off the hip. Here we go. Uh, All right. So Rebel Moon is set in a fictional galaxy ruled by the Mother World, whose military, the Imperium, threatens a farming colony on the moon of Velt. Korra, a former Imperium soldier, ventures on a quest to recruit warriors from across the galaxy to make a stand against the Imperium before they return and decimate Velt. I added that. I know you did. (laughs) Well, as I said, it's directed and co-written by Zack Snyder. He was also a director of photography. Oh, was he? I saw that on the credits and I was like, dang. Oh, okay. Well, he's got his thing. Uh, Rebel Moon stars Sophia Butella, Jimon Hanzu, Ed Skrine, Michael Huisman. I I had all these people with the the names. Ray Fisher, Charlie Hunnam, and Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. That's right. Uh, Nelson, what were your first thoughts on this? You know, Tim, I wanted to like this so bad. I did. You know, like... Just hearing kind of the the history behind it, right? It started as a proposed Star Wars episode in Star Wars, like a non-Skywalker Star mm-hmm. Wars story right. that Zack Snyder pitched was rejected. And somewhere along the line, someone told him, like, you don't need you don't need Lucasfilm. Just make this your own thing, right? And so he did. And uh, I wanted to like it so bad. And much like many Zack Snyder projects, uh, 
the trailer gets you super hype. Yeah, absolutely. And then the finished product kind of leaves you wanting a little more. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt. Yes. And yet, I kind of can't wait for episode for the second two. for the second one. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I concur with you yeah. in a lot of ways, and and that's the thing. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean yeah. Well, I mean this. I'll say this. This lends to Zack Snyder, and and I love what he did with the DC films. Mm-hmm. I, I do love his sure. his work on those. Um, especially when he finally got to exercise his full vision of those films, uh, Batman, Batman, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder cut of Justice, Justice League, League. Yeah. but versus the Justice League, right? Uh, I have to say, again, going back to having this wide scope because this was only supposed to be one film before it broke into two, and he goes to he doesn't flesh out a story within the confines of what he's working from. And I know a long time ago you said Batman v Superman should be two films. Should have been. However, I think this is what we would have got where we would have had kind of a fragmented part one and then a a second part that's probably going to be the the bulk of the story. But it's just like knowing the source comics – that Batman v Superman came from. Yeah. So it was Batman Returns mashed in with the death of S- Superman. Yeah. Right? Um, those two storylines kind of deserved their own. Yeah. Standalone movies versus jammed into a three hour. Right. Right. Three hour plus movie. Right. You know? Um, and like Doomsday didn't quite get his fill of screen time. Yeah. And then the whole like battle between Batman and Superman should have, it deserved to be more. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, that's true. But so, you know, I I can see what you're saying. Right. Where they might've been incomplete and that's probably why they mashed them together. Yeah. Um, But I just find it interesting because like with Batman Returns, there, there's like so much that they could have mined from that, and then with like the death of Superman, mm-hmm. there's so much. They, like that was a comic event mm-hmm. that lasted like almost an entire calendar year. Yeah, where there was spinoffs, there were side stories. Yeah. Like it permeated the entire DC comic universe mm-hmm. that they could have mined stories from. Yeah. Um, and even like with Justice League, they missed a whole opportunity of like the reign of Superman, which was like a whole other yeah. after the death of Superman, like all these guys who were supposed to be like resurrected uh-huh. Superman <clears throat> that they just did not address at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I agree. And But, uh, you know, going back to. You know, Rebel Moon. I mean, it's uh, this is the first time you went on a DC tangent, not me. I know, I know, I know. you know, but uh, but you know, the thing is though, I th- this is my biggest complaint. I it the story has promise and and it's very much a setup, yeah. However, but there's there's no there's absolutely no rising action in this entire thing. Let me tell you something when I started the movie. And I wasn't meaning to do this, but like, you know, you subconsciously like 
you see the runtime, yeah. especially like on streaming services where you press start and then, you know, the whole like the line comes the, out, the progress bar comes yeah. up and you don't expect it to like, you're not trying to see it, but I saw it. Yeah. And when I saw the progress bar for rebel moon, when I started the movie and it was only like two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is a Zack Snyder movie. That means there's only about an hour and 15 minutes of content. Yeah, I was going to say it was about, it was about, yeah. I there mean, might, there might be 45 minutes of story, not even 45 that. minutes of so. action and then another 30 minutes of slow motion shots. I was going to say that if you take out the slow motion shots, I mean, that thing's about an hour and a half, tops, but you know, and I love Zack Snyder, but he needs to like, he needs to put the brakes on the, on the slow motion shots. I mean, you know, it's they, like, it w- it became his signature thing. Cause like. 300 is basically an entire feature film of slow motion shots. Sure, sure. And then and then and then uh, The Watchmen was almost an entire movie of slow motion right. shots. You know, uh, okay, so if it's it's his signature thing, guess what Alfred Hitchcock's signature thing is? It's appearing in his film and it's yeah. only once. Yes. You don't need to do um you can do a couple of of but every single He really makes a meal. Yeah, yeah, and and I have to say, and, so, and sometimes look, sometimes it works to great effect, right? Yeah. Like you got your hero shots, you've mm-hmm. got your like, you know, the 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 climax of the film, like the the ultimate, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the to conclude a movie like the hero sacrifice or something like mm-hmm. that. You got to show in super slow motion and crazy detail. I get mm-hmm. it, but like. He had a slow motion scene of their ship taking off and a random dock worker walking down a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was, it did nothing. Yeah. It did nothing to further the story. Mm-hmm. It did nothing to like add to the, you know, the cinema, like the, like the, the art. Suspense. The art of yeah. it or the suspense. Like it added nothing other than like, yeah. Zack Snyder mas- masturbatory. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, let's show this, shit, this I know. thing in slow mo. <laughs> I know. And you know, the thing is, is that it's that there was absolutely, it was literally what the first 15 minutes of a screenplay should be mm-hmm. is, a, or a film where it's essentially the first act of a film. Yeah. Gathering, getting the band together. Getting, getting everybody together. I mean, 30 minutes tops, but it, it was just stringing all that together. And there was absolutely no rising action throughout the thing. It was just stringing one. It, it was it was very much Indiana Jones style where you're going from place to hunting. place. Yeah, but but it was just they're in a hurry to string through all these action sequences mm-hmm. together, and they serve no purpose. Yeah. The one thing that really kind of irritated me though they they went they went hard on that uh, lightsaber thing in the trailer, but yeah. it turns out it's just only one scene. It's like this girl, her One and a half well, and it's not even a lightsaber. Yeah, her blade. It's like their own version. Era, you know. So like, so like, you could see kind of Zack Snyder's like the realism take mm. of it, right? The yeah. if this was set in like real physics, right? Because like, sure, lightsabers technically can't magic exist. Yeah, right. Because like plasma with like it, if it has nothing to like be on it you can't just like float yeah right so like the whole thing with the the light swords in rebel moon has that realism factor to it where like it's an actual blade and it's just like the plasma fills it mm-hmm. right i i get that but like you're right they they marketed it 
Like they it, basically used all those shots from the movie in yeah, the trailer. Right. <laughs> I know. And and I'm just like I'm sitting there thinking, what happened to all this? What is yeah. what is, what is all this about? You yeah. know, and so unless they use some other shots from the next part and put it in there or something like that. But, you know, I, I just didn't think this, I, I just didn't think this film went the distance just because it wasn't, it, it you, to have a, to do a two part film, you yeah. need two films. Sure. You know, you have to have. Well, the second film is going to be this battle on Velt, apparently. Yeah. I mean, well, it's <laughs> the second film is going to be an entire film. Whereas it's. it's yeah. This was like the prelude. Yeah, I guess, but I just don't know. I mean, I I just don't know how. I I guarantee you. I mean, whatever whatever deal Zack Snyder has with Netflix yeah. after that. And don't get me wrong. I think you know. I agree with Kevin Smith. He can frame a shot, and he, he can. can he can shoot a, a movie that looks he can amazing. Beautifully shoot a movie. But you know, when it comes like, to like there's like the opening scene where uh, what's her what's the character named Cora? Yeah, when she's like farming. And, you know, she's standing in the field and just like kind of taking it all in. And it's in the backdrop of this massive planet. And so yeah. she's, she's backlit by the, 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 the reflection of the sun off, or of the star off this planet. Uh, it's a beautiful shot. Yeah. And there are many shots like this in this, yeah. in this movie. Um, but like, there's no substance. Yeah. There's no like foundation, like none of it seemed earned. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally um, get it. There's a lot that just like you assume, it's just you're just assume that this is the way the universe is, but like there's no world building, there's no galaxy building. Like, right. None of that felt lived in. Yeah. Right. Um, I agree with that. Uh, before we, I, there's more that like, I can yeah. go on. Oh, yeah. Is there anything that you enjoyed? Um, I don't think it really gave me a chance to enjoy the film because it really didn't have any substance to it. It was just an, it was an empty suit. You know, it was really, um, I mean, uh, the one thing I did enjoy, I mean, I like Ed Scrine. Yeah. You know, he's really good in everything he's he does. He's got a real punchable face. He doesn't he? I was like, for a second there, I was like, you know, he's, he's very chameleon like, yeah. but then you realize who he is and you're like, oh yeah. He has a real guy. punchable face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I mean, they, they really hit your head, hit you over the head with that, you know, the, the motherland and, mm. you know, the, the imperium, the mother world and the imperium, they're the bad guys. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're like, they're like the empire and they're bad, but it's not even like, they don't even give you a chance to like have some gray area where like, Oh, they're bringing order in the universe or whatever. Like they straight up do everything they possibly can mm -hmm. to make these guys, the bad guys, like, yeah. you know, killing innocents. Oh, sure. Like the, 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 they have like a, like a, they end up stationing like a battalion right. on on the planet on Vel or on the moon Velt, right? And all the immediately like all the all the soldiers are jerks mm -hmm. to the you know the people the farmers and yeah. then, like almost immediately they go to like rape a farm girl and it's like 
you have no choice but oh yeah these are the bad guys right? right like there's no moral gray area of like maybe they could be maybe they're not yeah at least even though like in star wars the sith are clearly the bad guys because they're the dark side of the force right? right they have some they at least they have some moral high ground where they're like well we're also trying to bring peace mm-hmm. through subjugation yeah right through through obedience we're bringing peace to the galaxy we're bringing order to the galaxy yeah so at least they have that moral gray area that they can stand on but like they don't even like this movie doesn't even give you a chance to like maybe they are the good guys just straight up yeah do you know bad guys see and and what i have to say and it's funny because we talk about this but and and i'm the thought that crossed my mind is like throwing up the spoiler warning but there really is no. We're not like. There's nothing. There's to spoil. nothing to spoil because they're, they're not going towards anything. Everything other than that. There's another movie, right? And and let let me throw this down in case anybody wants a spoiler. But at the you you, you figure out through flashback who mm-hmm. Cora is that yeah. she happens to be like the essentially the kidnapped daughter of these these people who were slaughtered, and she this like leader figure who was a, a kind of a, a soldier general type of guy, yeah. you know, like kind of a general Patton frontline. Right. Know, but he leads a coup. He, yeah. And so, um, he takes her, she train, he trains her. Like she, Thanos. Yeah. I think you texted that. Like it's basically yeah. the Thanos storyline where like, that, yeah. he was, he was like a general decimating this planet. And she right. He was like, he, he adopted her. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know the thing is, is that we find out at the end that she's she is wanted by him. Yeah, but we don't know why. Yeah, there is no it's exposition. She's like left. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's like you she get her backstory. She didn't even get reason why she left. Yeah, like you know, I guess you just assume that like. Because there's a lot of flashback of how she was indoctrinated and how, yeah. you know, her life became the mother world mm-hmm. and like, you know, going to far distant planets and mm-hmm. killing and doing basically what was done to her in yeah. the name of the mother world. Right. But like, there's no exposition as to why right. she left. Yeah. You get nothing as to like, I mean, you just kind of assume that like, oh, it's because her her adopted dad was planning a coup and killing the, you know, the princess. Mm -hmm. And so like, I suppose that's why she left. Right. And he's mad that she left. Yeah. You know, but like, you don't get any of that. Right. You don't know this movie, you know, normally we talk about pacing and like, you Mm -hmm. know, this movie could have been shorter by so much, you know, this movie could have used like 30 minutes less of slow-mo yeah, and use that thirty minutes to add more story world line. building and yeah. and more exposition, more foundation to the story. Yeah, I agree with that because it's it, it was really it just gives you nothing. Yeah, and 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 I know this was originally one script, and they decided to break it up in two. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Sure. They should have they fleshed should just... out fleshed out a script. Yeah, especially a guy who basically grabbed the torch from Christopher Nolan. Yeah, who is known to flesh out a script and who who's worked with David Goyer, who's like all about story, 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 you know, but like his heart. And you got, you Zack Snyder's a visual storyteller. Yeah. And like, he 
will meticulously craft a single slow motion shot. Yeah. Story be damned. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's it's like it's true. And and the thing is, is like, you know, seeing interviews with him and stuff. I, I like him. He's a cool dude, you know, and he's like you, you just kind of root for him. But I mean, this really fell flat. I feel like Zack Snyder is someone who needs a commanding executive producer. Yeah. Say like say like what Steven Spielberg did for Michael Bay and like the yeah. first Transformers right. movie, right? Yeah. So like a strong hand at the helm. Someone who's actually going going to also make decisions. Right. Yeah. And then a good a good writer. Yeah. Like again, nothing against Zack Snyder. Like he's done many good pieces of good films. Mm-hmm. Like like pieces of good stories, but I feel like I feel like so much of so much of his so many of his movies are just incomplete. Like they're half baked yeah. ideas that like they needed a little more time or they needed someone else looking at the script to add a little more a little more yeah. to it, right? Yeah. And you you can't and I've said this with Zack Snyder going back to Watchmen, you can't go into production with a four hour long film, knowing mm-hmm. you have to cut it down right. to two and a half hours, you right, know, right. and, and for the record, Kurt, John Stad and Shay Hatton were also co-writers of the screenplay and Zack Snyder came up with the story. So, so essentially, um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much Zach's, I'm sure Zack Snyder probably threw a couple lines in, but yeah, you know, cause, but he ultimately crapped the story, but y- you, you got to really get in there and say, this is why, this is why fleshing out the story is important. This is why storyboarding is important because mm-hmm. you have to like get those, you have to get the story under control. You know, honestly, I, I feel like, okay. So knowing the history of this movie that it started as a star Wars pitch, right? Right. I feel like with Zack Snyder, he builds his stories around these set pieces or, or like a certain imagery imagery. Yeah, I agree. With like that. he sees a shot in his head of like, you know, like a lightsaber battle. Yeah. And he built scenes, like he built set pieces around these visuals in his head. Yeah. Instead of like having a story, it was like he had shots that he wanted mm-hmm. to pull off. Yeah. And built the story around it. And I feel like so many of his movies. So this movie reminded me a lot of that movie Sucker Punch that he did. Did you ever watch that? I never watched it, no. So like that one was like another like cross genre homage that he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it was almost like. So it's interesting that this point in pop culture history, if you think about it. Where Star Wars was George Lucas's homage to Flash Gordon, Flash and Western, Gordon, putting westerns in yeah, space, spaghetti westerns, yeah. but in space, right? right? Is it was also like a an, a, a Kurosawa Purpose, film, yeah. so like World War it was II. like a yeah, so so it was like cross genre mashup, yeah, but he took themes and ideas yeah and set them in a in space as like a space opera yeah and 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 rebel moon was like Zack snyder's homage to george lucas's homage 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. And instead of instead of taking ideas from the genres that he was crossing, mm-hmm. he actually wanted to jam all those different genres into a space sci-fi. Right. Like a like a sci-fi space opera. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So like you had elements of a western. You had elements of, you know, a, a sci-fi space battle. You had elements of like, you know, a, a, a an anime, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. A martial arts movie. And it's all kind of mashed up and jammed into one box. Yeah. And so like there's no there's no like consistent kind of imagery. Yeah. Or kind of themes throughout. Right. Other than like, these are the good guys because they're dispatching of bad guys. Right. And then they also have been running afoul of the mother world. Mm-hmm. So like, these are for sure the good guys. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. <laughs> uh, incidentally, you know, it's funny when you talk about creating the whole story around imagery. Um, here's a little piece of trivia for you okay did you know north by northwest with Cary grant directed by alfred hitchcock yeah that came out of a concept of hey let's i i wonder what we can develop if we like just putting a person in lincoln's nose at mount rushmore oh wow yeah and that was like the very end scene of it yeah and they created the whole story around sure, that and sure. and essentially Created a spy thriller. Yeah. You know, he, he essentially, well, he just kind of built on spy thrillers that he's already made. But black and white ones. But. You're also talking about like pitching it to a master storyteller like, yeah. like Alfred yeah. Hitchcock, where you say, like, hey, we have this idea for what would be an epic shot. Can you yeah. build a story around it? I trust a storyteller and yeah. a writer like Alfred Hitchcock. Right. That's true. To form a story around image. Yeah. And, and it wasn't unfor- four hours long. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> Zack Snyder's at a point in his career where I don't know if you can do that anymore. Yeah. Like, 300 was so good, but he had guardrails up. Like, yeah. Like. It wasn't very long. He had, it wasn't very long, but he had, he had the comic that was, that was, was done by um, a Frank Miller that like put all those guardrails up and he basically did a shot for shot. Right. You know, cinematic version of that. Yeah. And, and adding a little sprinkles in terms of additional story, but like, yeah. you know, 300 was, had those guardrails up. I, I don't know if there's any other director that could have adapted Watchmen. Yeah. But again, you know, they did. They did make some changes from from the from the source material, but like, in a lot of ways, it was almost a shot for shot cinematic remake it's, of the comic. And it's funny, Alan Moore hated it. Alan Moore hates everything. Oh, okay. well, that that makes sense. So Alan Moore is like the most anti-capitalism, yeah. anti-mainstream. Like he will love. He will like nothing. Right. Like. He hated V for Vendetta. He hated, he yeah. hates everything. Every, like his goal is to make these, these comics that like have social impact and are so complex. There's no way they could possibly be adapted. Right. And so like, it doesn't matter. He will hate it. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And incidentally, he was the guy who wrote Watchmen. Yes. And so, um, but he, he was okay cashing the checks. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But 
Yeah. So ultimately, in the end, it, it just I think it it worked. It had its moments. Um, you know, like I feel like I feel like I wish I had more Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he seemed like an interesting character and they do some stuff with him that like, you know, he's supposed to be like the Han Solo. Yeah. Where he's like, the, he's like the, the scruffy, you know, um, uh, what's it called? What am I thinking of? The smuggler. smuggler. Yeah. Like the yeah. scruffy smuggler yeah. who's like flirting with the, you know, protagonist or whatever. Yeah. With Korra. And, um, you know, they do, they do some stuff to kind of subvert expectations on that, which is, you know, kind of whatever. But like, I wish I had more of Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. I wish I had more of, um, Digimon Hunsu. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm, they even, they even crammed like a little bit of gladiator stuff in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of like, I, at first I was like, it's Dune and star Wars that they had a baby, you know, but, but like, if you remember that movie Sucker Punch that he did, where mm-hmm. he crossed so many genres, where there was like steampunk and cyberpunk and like all kinds of like Victorian era imagery, like he crammed so many genres into this movie. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing to kind of. Um, did you ever see the movie Plunkett and McLean? With it was a. Um, I don't know. If, I think it was a British film, but it was with um, Johnny Lee Miller. Um, Robert Carlyle from Train Spotting Days and, yeah. and Liv Tyler was in it. Mm-hmm. And um it, but it, it was this old um I, I don't want to say Elizabethan kind of Victorian age um story of of thieves. And but they made it to the backdrop of like techno music and made it a little bit more hip and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean that's how you cross over stuff, yeah. you know, where, where it's, you, you can't just throw everything in, in, in the kitchen sink and, you know, and it just, and, and just blend it all together, Yeah, you know, and, and expect it's going to work, you know? You know, I, I, I get like getting, gaining inspiration from other genres Yeah, and cribbing themes and stories that you might see elsewhere and putting mm-hmm. it into like another genre yeah like that's not anything new obviously right like i said like you know star wars is an homage to like four different genres right yeah and so like that's not anything new but like then trying to cram the visual aesthetic Mm -hmm. of those genres into one movie unless like you're I, I don't know. It just never felt. Yeah. Never felt right. Like it always felt like, ugh. like I either wanted more mm-hmm. of a certain genre that he was in. Yeah. Or I was like, why is this in this movie? Right. And why is this scene so long? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So all in all, I mean, what, so what you, you mentioned that you, you want to, you're excited to see this or you're, would, are you excited or are you curious to just to see how you've already invested two and a half hours? I don't know if I'm like actually interested in watching episode two or I'm just like a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Um, it might just be like curiosity. Like yeah. what is going to be right in, in the second movie? Like I, maybe, 
maybe they're going to take notes from this first mm-hmm. one and be like, okay, we'll make, we'll, we'll, but it comes out in like April. Yeah. So, so it's, it's already in the can. Like, yeah. It's already, they shot this whole thing. So, you know, yeah. I think that was the realization that like, oh, our movie's too long. We, you know, let's release yeah. it in two parts. But, but ultimately, I mean, I think, um, you know, Zack Snyder style is to beg forgiveness in the director's cut, you yeah. know? So I think coming out, Oh, we're going to get like a five hour. Yeah. It's going to be, well, it's they gonna, should be done as a show. Well, it's just going to be one director's cut. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying like a four hour director's cut. Yeah. So that's what this entire film's going to be. And Netflix will probably put it together as one. They should just done it as a show. Thing. Yeah. And each episode was gathering up, like, well, I mean, getting the band together. But when you think of, his his version of Justice League, where he broken up into little segments, he, like those those weren't really. I just feel like he didn't learn any like, lessons from that experience. Yeah, well, I right. well, I also think that Netflix threw a lot of money at him and said, know, "Do what you, you want to do." You can still learn from past. Yeah, and and true. I'm not even saying mistakes. Even though yeah. you could say, well, I don't blame him. Mistakes were made. I know mistakes were made, but I, I do. I don't blame him because he was also at the mercy of of um, you know executives at Warner Brothers who kept just wanting to turn the ship in a different direction. He wanted to make a second Superman film, yeah, which which would have changed changed the. I think he would still be with DC had he made a second Superman film and they would have a clearer vision of everything. Yeah. Because they rushed, they rushed, they rushed to, to justice league. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we've talked about that. at Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, but, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. What's your take? Um, wait, wait, before you go, anything else that you want to, nah, I don't have any, any performances stand out to you? Not really. It like nothing stood out because it was just like, it was um it was it, either not enough it was not, it was not enough much. yes well i mean i wouldn't even say too much because i got to the point where i was like okay well they just got everybody together and now the movie is going to start yeah. and part 1 is ending yeah so i mean ultimately what you know i'm i'll i, I will for the show's sake <laughs> for market research purposes, we'll watch the second one, but you know, and report on it, and 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 you know, kind of oh, yeah. like when we do a TV show, and it's like we're halfway through, yes, and then we're, we swing we, back around. Yeah, we've got sunk costs, but but ultimately, I don't think I, I I don't think this first part one is worth watching. Yeah, and the the jury has to be out on part two. Yeah, on whether or not you need to watch this, but. If if he were, I mean, it ultimately once sec, the second part comes out, yeah. I mean, it would be wise for him to cut down the first part and put it in, put it together yeah. in one film. Yeah, you know. All right. So your take? I would say it's a straight skip. I would say you're welcome to our tens of listeners. If you haven't watched, haven't watched this watched yet, yet, we watched it so you don't have to. Right. <laughs> and we'll watch the second one. And let you know if we can forgive him for the first one. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's what Justice League, the, his version well, of Justice League right. did. Because the first one was a setup for the payoff, which is, yeah. you know. But your payoffs cannot happen in a second film. No. You, no. You have to have a pay. You have to have something. There was zero rising action the, in this film. Okay. So, spoilers. Real, real quick. 
what you said before was that the getting the band together should yeah. have been the first act. Right. Right? The second act should have been the double cross. Yeah. And then whatever the first whatever the first act of this next movie is, like the mm-hmm. initial initial skirmishes mm-hmm. uh, against Velt, mm-hmm. like that should have been the third act. Like yeah, initial skirmishes yeah. in this in this, you know, revolution. Yeah. Right? Should have been the third act of this movie. Right. With like thirty minutes less of slow mo, yeah, thirty minutes more of story. Less, and you know, you don't have to go and invite yourself into a fight scene when you need to pick somebody up every yes. single time. Oh yeah, no, you know, I every person it. they had to get to, they had to fight, yeah. except for except for uh, uh, Jamon Hart too. Well, because they just had to hose them off. Yes. Yeah, you know. So, um, but that was that was pretty much it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. good times. All right. Well, that is our take on Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. <laughs> and if you Godspeed if you decide Godspeed. to watch it. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, like, and or give us the five stars and a glowing review so our podcast can reach more people. Thanks again to Tyler Hobbs, the Space Ranger, for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Final Take Pod. Also, The Hazels, he's part of that. And email us, thefinaltakepod at gmail.com, and check out all of our episodes on our website, thefinaltakepod.com, which we promise we'll update here in 2024. You know, 2023 was really tough. It was rough. Last quarter, man. (laughs) All right. Until next time. (laughs) 